Hello and welcome again to the Chemistry Made Simple podcast. Welcome back if you're a regular listener. I really appreciate you. If you're a new listener, it's great to have you here. This is the place where we help you to get chemistry confident and ready for your exams. So this is episode eight. I'm your host, Matthew McCario, and today's episode is about the equilibrium constant. So in episode seven, we talked about equilibrium and reversible reactions. And if you haven't listened to that yet, you might want to listen to that before you carry on. So so go listen to that now and then come back here. Okay, done that. Brilliant. So at the end of that episode, we mentioned that we hadn't yet talked about quantifying equilibrium. We talked about the position of equilibrium quite a bit during the episode, but we didn't quantify that position. We just talked about how we can change it. And in this episode, we're going to talk about how equilibrium is quantified, how we quantify, how we pinpoint the position of equilibrium in a reversible reaction. And to do that, chemists use the equilibrium constant, which is given the abbreviation KC, the C being a subscript C. You'll often hear it being referred to as KC, but it's the equilibrium constant. There is a mathematical equation for this constant, of course, as uh, is for most constants. And that constant is based on the concentration of the reactants and the products in a closed system at the point of equilibrium. Before we consider that equation, we need to talk about the chemical equation for a reaction. In a balanced chemical equation, we have the number of moles of each reactant and each product. The number of moles that show the stoichiometry or the ratio in which they react. And we're going to use one of the examples that we spoke about in the last episode. So we mentioned that there is an equilibrium, a reversible reaction occurs when ethanol and ethanoic acid react with each other and the products are ethyl, ethanoate and water. So the reactants are ethanol and ethanoic acid and the products are ethyl, ethanoate and water. And when we balance the equation, there is one mole of each of those. Okay, so let's think about how we write the expression for Kc, the equation, if you like, that helps us to calculate Kc, the equilibrium constant, for that reaction. So Kc equals the concentration of each of the products raised to the number of moles of those products in the equation divided by the concentration of each reactant raised to the power of how many moles there are of each reactant in the equation. So we said we have one mole of each product and each reactant. So in this case, Kc equals the concentration of ethyl ethanoate to the power one times the concentration of water to the power one divided by the concentration of ethanol to the power one times the concentration of ethanoic acid to the power one. And of course, we don't bother writing to the power one because it doesn't actually affect the value. So Kc equals concentration of ethanol times concentration. So Kc equals the concentration of ethyl ethanoate times the concentration of water divided by the concentration of ethanol times the concentration of ethanoic acid. And the concentrations are in moles per decimeter cubed. So to calculate this, we would need to know the concentration of each of those substances 
and then we could put those into the calculation and work out KC. That's typically what you might be asked to do in an exam question. Alternatively, you might be given the concentration of three of those plus the value of KC and be asked to calculate the concentration of the fourth substance. In each of those cases, as long as you understand the equation, it's now just mathematics. It's now just a case of rearranging the equation and inserting the known values and then working out the unknown. It might look quite scary, but really it is just a case of rearranging an equation so that you have the unknown on one side and all the known values on the other and then putting in those known values and calculating through. Now, not all the questions you get will be as straightforward as that. If you have more than one mole of one of the substances in the equation, then you need to use that. So if you have two moles of a substance in the equation, when you come to write its concentration, you square that, you raise it to the power two. If you had three moles of a substance, you've raised the concentration to the power three in the equation just for that one substance. So it can get quite complicated, but usually you won't be asked to make very complicated calculations during your exam. That's one way that you would be expected to use KC. You might be expected to calculate the value of KC, or you might be expected to calculate the concentration of one of the substances in a reaction, knowing what the KC value and the other concentrations are. What else can you use KC for? Well, you can use it for a general statement about how far to the right or to the left an equilibrium is. Because KC involves the concentration of products over reactants, a higher value means that the, the concentration of the products is greater than the concentration of the reactants. In other words, the equilibrium might be quite to the right. So usually a value much greater than one suggests that the forward reaction is very dominant and that the equilibrium is very much to the right. When the value is much lower than one, that suggests that the numerator on the right-hand side, the concentration of the reactants, is considerably larger number than the concentration of the products. That means the reverse reaction is dominant and that the equilibrium lies more to the left. Therefore, you can make a qualitative statement about the position of equilibrium based on the Kc value. Something else you might need to do is make a statement about what changes the value of Kc. Kc is a constant value at a given temperature. So in an exam question, you'll often be told that Kc at whatever temperature equals such a value. And you're told that because the Kc value is constant at a particular temperature. But if we were to change the temperature, you might remember that we said the position of equilibrium changes. And the position of equilibrium means the concentrations of reactants and products will change. And of course, that means that Kc changes too. So altering the temperature alters Kc. And exactly how it changes it depends on whether the forward or the reverse reaction is the exothermic reaction or the endothermic reaction. So Kc is constant at a given temperature, but it does change if we change the temperature. If we alter the temperature of a closed system, then we're going to drive the equilibrium one way or the other, and that's going to affect the value of Kc. 
So you may recall from last week we mentioned if you increase the temperature, the system will try to counteract that and the equilibrium will move in the direction of the endothermic reaction. If that's the forward reaction, then we will get more products and less reactants and that will increase the value of Kc. If the endothermic reaction is the reverse reaction, then we will decrease the concentration of products and increase the concentration of reactants and that means that the value of Kc will become smaller. So it's not possible to say that in general Kc will increase or decrease if you increase the temperature. It all depends on whether the forward or the reverse reaction is the endothermic reaction. But the key is to understand that Le Chatelier's principle well. And if you apply that, go back to the first principles and, and apply Le Chatelier's principle, then you will be able to work out the answer to the question, does Kc increase or decrease? What is the effect on Kc when the temperature is raised or the temperature is lowered? So in the last episode, we also talked about equilibrium position of equilibrium changes if we change the concentration of one of the substances in our reaction. So how does this affect Kc? Well it doesn't. Equilibrium will reset to a, such a position meaning that if we calculate Kc for the concentrations of the reactants and the products of the new equilibrium we'll find that the Kc value is exactly what it was before we altered the concentration of one of the substances. So the only thing that affects the Kc value is a change in temperature. I'd strongly recommend going and doing as many old exam questions about equilibrium as possible so that you're well practiced in doing the calculations and also in answering the qualitative questions that they tend to ask as well. Briefly reviewing what we've said today, we can quantify the position of equilibrium by using the equilibrium constant Kc. We're able to calculate that if we know the concentration of all the reactants and products at the point of equilibrium. Or we can calculate the concentration of one reactant or one product if we know the concentration of the others and we know the Kc value. We also said that the Kc value varies with temperature and that temperature is the only thing that changes the Kc value. Changing the concentrations does not change the Kc value, it just changes the position of equilibrium. So I hope you found that useful. If you have any further questions on equilibrium, do get in touch. The best ways are to contact me on Instagram at chemistrymadesimple or email me, it's matthew at chemistrymadesimple.net. Thank you very much for listening. I hope you found this useful. Let me know your feedback and what other topics you want to hear about. And subscribe so you don't miss the next episodes. We're going to be talking about acids. So look after yourself until the next episode and I will speak to you soon. Bye-bye.